Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. What up, what up, what up? It is a, another episode of the Dynasty Dawn coming at you with all the hottest Dynasty relevant news, notes, and market evaluations, player valuations, prospect profiles. You know what we do around here. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. You've all been waiting long enough. You want to talk about Bijan. You want to talk about Bijan? We're going to talk about Bijan today. So let's get right into it. Let's talk. Let's dive into the top. I'd say three running backs of the 2023 class. We're going to look at Bijan Robinson from Texas, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, formerly of Georgia Tech, and Tank Bigsby, who is maybe not the consensus RB3 of the class, but certainly one of my favorite prospects and the guy that I wanted to highlight most in this group for reasons we'll get into. I don't think I need to waste anybody else's time anymore. We've gone through six of these wide receiver prospects. We've gone through the dynasty process that leads me to a lot of these evaluations. We've done the combine results. Let's get into the RB1 of dynasty. Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself. Let's get into Bijan Robinson. <clears throat> now, I think the most important nuance that I want to lay out before we talk about the incredible prospect that we have in front of us is a very simple fact. Bijan is not immune to the volatility that all running backs before and after him have faced at the position. I think Jonathan Taylor is an excellent and most recent example where JT literally put up the RB1 season in 2021 and is now barely considered an top five are running back um, on the dynasty market. The volatility of the position is attached so much to top end production and youth that if Bijan doesn't perform as a bona fide RB1 and probably RB1 in points per game throughout a 17 game season, he will not be immune to that volatility. Now, is he the absolute safest bet, not just of rookies, but of any running back in the NFL? Yes, absolutely. And what we want to do is make safe bets in Dynasty. It's not about necessarily defining who is good or bad in your process evaluation. It's defining who is a good or bad choice at their cost evaluation. Yes, Bijan is an excellent choice at 1-1 because the Dynasty market has already invested the perception of him being a top 12 overall asset in Superflex leagues. Bijan will go routinely at the 111 and 112 when rookies are combined in startup drafts. That makes him the only rookie in this 2023 class that deservedly so is considered a top 12 pick, let alone the number one positional asset at their position. JSN is not going to come into the league as the number one wide receiver at his position. No quarterback, regardless of draft capital attached and the athleticism that we love to see from guys like Anthony Richardson and the rushing upside and, and the throwing prowess of seat. None of those guys will enter as the QB one overall. Bijan Robinson is the only running back and the only positional asset in this draft class that will enter the NFL before he ever touches a snap, regardless of where he lands as the number one overall asset at their position. 
that said, you don't necessarily need to wait for the production to be attached. I do think he is the safest bet for that production. And let's get into why. In 2020, he played just nine games. It was 86 rushing attempts, 703 yards, six total touchdowns, 196 receiving yards. But he has always been known for top-end production. Now, that was the most rushing yards on the Texas offense that season. He also set the new record for yards per carry with 8.7 as a freshman. Um, Burst out of the scene. Again, he only played nine games, but absolutely left his mark and as a sophomore in 2021 played 10 games broke the thousand yard threshold with 1127 yards on 195 carries averaging 5.8 yards per carries 11 touchdowns he did have three fumbles and fumbles have kind of trickled around through Bijan's um collegiate career something that i guess maybe should be of note but until obviously we see those touches at an nfl level and how he protects the ball um on the field at the pro level, it's going to be really difficult to see if that coincides because fumbles aren't a sticky set um, passing game in 2021. Bijan pulled in 26 receptions for 293 yards. So no, he's not the best receiver of this draft class, which I think is a false label that he's getting attached to as this super generational talent. Now he may very well be the last generational running back that we ever see with committees becoming commonplace in the NCAA as they are becoming in the NFL. But he is above average and above replacement at absolutely everything. And that includes receiving production. He might be, might not be the number one receiver in this class. And we will get to the number one receiving running back in this draft class, but he's absolutely above replacement of everybody in the class when it comes to his ability to be on the field for passing downs with his pass blocking and his upside and receiving and his rushing ability and, and, and so Bijan's just the most complete asset and the most above average and above replacement at everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's the most elite at any one single thing. And I think you can kind of think of guys like Christian McCaffrey in that sense, where he had phenomenal collegiate numbers as we're going to unpack with Bijan, but wasn't the most elite at any one thing. And when he came into the NFL because he was able to be on the field in so many important situational downs because of his above replacement talent, it turned him into this multifaceted superstar. And I think Bijan can very well follow that exact trajectory. He was named a first team, all big 12 um, in 2021. And in 2022, as a junior, after that big sophomore breakout, he saw action in all 12 games for the Longhorn ran an elite, 1,575 yards on 257 attempts. That's 6.1 yards per carry, 18 touchdowns, two fumbles. As a receiver, 19 receptions for 314 yards. Stats are obviously very positive. Now, it's not against SEC defenses, but the Big 12 does have good competition, and it's just been consistent and over-the-top impressive production. Bijan isn't a prototypical bruiser by any means. He's five foot 11, 215 pounds. He has a wingspan of 31 and one eighth of an inch, a uh, hand size of just under 10 inches, which is 
big part of the reason why he's able to corral so many of those passes. I think one, I'll touch on this just a tiny bit, but I think one of the things that are most overrated or overlooked rather not overrated at all. I think one of the most overlooked things for pass catching upside is hand size. And we've seen it over and over and over again. If you look at the combine measurements for hand size in the top 10 wide receivers and points per game over the past years, I promise you'll be shocked at how much it correlates. Bijan's going to enter the NFL draft at just 21 years old after an 18.9 year old breakout, which was that freshman season where he was the MVP in the Alamo Bowl after blowing up in that game and, and obviously leading the team in rushing production. He has that sweet, sweet BMI above 30, uh, 30.1 for those that are too attached to that. And of course, early declare only played three seasons, so was able to afford himself that extra year off um get to the nfl early we always like to see that with prospects more important for wide receivers yes but absolutely love to see it for running backs as well and speaking of above replacement and just above average and good at everything Bijan is he's not the most phenomenal athlete no he didn't finish with the highest 40 or the biggest vertical leap or the the most bench presses and you know pro day pro day still to be seen but 40 yard dash he comes in at four Point four six and at five eleven and two fifteen roughly at game day that that's pretty decent a ten yard split at one point five two absolutely great thirty seven inch vertical awesome ten foot four inch broad jump terrific like it's just things everything adds up and keeps adding up and keeps adding up with Bijan he's one of the best running back prospects you'll ever see is he the greatest running back prospect you'll ever see no and I think that needs to be said again Jonathan Taylor by all accounts, was a better running back prospect than Bijan Robinson currently is. And look at the volatility that that man has faced throughout the dynasty market. Yes, Jonathan Taylor is still an elite asset, but are you drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first round of dynasty startups? You're not. People are drafting Bijan. It's a very, very short window that you are allowed to have a leash for value volatility when it comes to the running back position. And people need to keep that in mind when they are investing their one ones in Bijan absolutely there are quarterbacks in this class that are going to hit and have a much much longer sustained value and more production as we know quarterbacks often put up more points per game than any other position than Bijan will but it's the scarcity of elite assets that are currently in the NFL at the running back position that makes Bijan so special also attached to obviously what is a terrific profile Stats that I find really interesting with him is he led all 2023 draft prospects with 212 avoided tackles and a 162.2 elusive rating per PFF, created 2,370 yards after contact, averaged 4.1 yards after contact per attempt, averaged 1.0 receiving yards per team pass attempt. So although his counting stats and receiving aren't as good as Jameer Gibbs or he didn't pull as great of a target share or receiving yardage share... Texas also wasn't putting up a super high pass um, yardage totals. So he crosses that threshold of 1.0 receiving yards per team pass attempt, which is really impressive for a running back, especially when a team is more of a low volume passing team. 1.63 yards per route run in that same season. He accumulated 16.6% of his team's rushing touchdown, receiving touchdowns rather in a single season. That was at 19 years old as a sophomore. Uh, his route participation that season was above 75%. So the upside is absolutely there as a receiver. There's no denying that at all. Bijan is a very, very special talent. But again, 
career collegiate totals of 31 games, 539 rushing attempts, 3,410 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, 33 rushing touchdowns, 60 receptions, 599 total touches, 805 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns. That's grand total of 4,215 scrimmage yards, 7.0 yards per attempt, and 41 total touchdowns. Saquon was a much better prospect. Volatile. Brees was a slightly better prospect. Volatile. Jonathan Taylor, by all accounts, a better prospect. Volatile. It's you have to take into account that if you're not necessarily ready to push yourself over the top, trading off for multiple elite assets or moving back into the quarterback range and adding something to Bijan is not a negative move. You don't have to follow consensus to see positive value on your rosters. In a vacuum, it's undeniably Bijan at 1-1. Undeniably. And, and let's get into his scouting strengths. He's got great size but not massive size. Excellent speed, but not a true burner. He's great after contact, but doesn't have elite power. His best attribute is his relentlessness and his refusal to go down, his refusal to say no on any given play. He can break tackles at all three levels. He can evade tackles at all three levels, whether it be small zones in at the line of scrimmage or linebackers after he breaks the first level or defensive backs um, and outrun all three of those levels as well. Obviously his straight line speed, I think is a little sneakier than his 40 suggests and in-game speed, but no Bijan doesn't have Chris Johnson speed. He doesn't have Jameer Gibbs speed, but he does have elite vision that those other guys don't possess. He's aggressive, super aggressive at the line of scrimmage and continues to thrive through contact at those levels. His vision is of the best I've ever seen. It, it His ability to get more than what is given on a consistent basis cannot be underlined. He possesses quick feet, good straight line speed, doesn't have elite burst, but his patience to be able to find those gaps and find those holds and use his change of pace and his explosivity and deceleration in those places where tacklers over pursue is absolutely incredible. Always fights for extra yards. Very well balanced runner is Bijan. He's a good receiver with decent hands. He can explode for big gains as long as the ball is in his hands. Every single touch, he is a threat to score. He's a consistent pass blocker as well, which is another one of those above replacement things that isn't going to necessarily line up for your fantasy score for Bijan, but it's going to keep him on the field. And high draft capital is very important. All of these tools are... High draft capital is very important for projecting prospects. All of these tools lead to higher draft capital. So you want a guy that can even if they're not going to draw up the pass for him on a short yardage third down or a screen play, even if he's not getting the handoff, he's always on the field in those situations because you want a guy, you don't want a guy that is just a situational player when you're investing this much draft capital into him. He needs to be a three down workhorse and Bijan Robinson by all accounts absolutely is. He keeps his pads low, consistently falls forward, always gains extra yards, owns a variety of footwork tools. He, to alter his pace. He moves laterally well. He moves vertically well. He moves backwards well. He's faster than 
meets the eye, but he's also quicker than he is fast. He resets really, really well um, in pace, runs stretches well, runs zone blocking well, runs between the tackles well, and obviously in screens and open spaces on wheel routes, he's he's a very good receiver. And his his route tree isn't just limited to a backfield route tree. We've seen Bijan line up in the slot limitedly. We've seen him play out wide. He's run wide receiver routes at a rate that you don't really see from collegiate prospects in college. Um, so again, very impressive weaknesses are to be brought up though. And there are certainly some scouting weaknesses for Bijan while he has very good speed. Again, it's not elite. You're not going to see him run away from these elite DBs out here, like Tariq Woolen, sauce Gardner, Patrick Sertain, guys that possess real 4-3 speed. He will get caught from behind from time to time. He can be a little indecisive in that patience where he just doesn't necessarily have the repetition and the experience. Obviously, the kid is just 21 years old. Things are going to need to develop still. He's not going to enter the league as the best player, but he is going to enter the league as the most valuable in Dynasty. So, there's a developmental period. I think that should be a scouting weakness that people are going to negate because it's not going to be immediate 200-yard games for Bijan. There's going to need to be a grace period, as for every rookie in the NFL. It is a different game. His contact balance is absolutely great, but it's not truly elite. It's not Derrick Henry. You're not going to see him bouncing off guys like Nick Chubb. And sometimes he overestimates his athleticism. Let's say that. Sometimes he overestimates his athleticism, kind of steering himself into dead ends, um, resorts too much on his body catching so that good receiving doesn't necessarily come from his hands. Very low A dot. You don't see his uh, high depth of target like guys like Jameer Gibbs or Deuce Vaughn for that matter. Very low depth of target, everything kind of coming behind line of scrimmage. Although, as I said, he does have a little bit of experience running real wide receiver routes and has so, had some receptions in those spots. Doesn't fully extend or sustain those blocks, like we were saying in the past blocking department. Not something that's going to be a huge detriment, but definitely something that might affect his draft capital a little bit. I think Bijan's a slam dunk top 20 pick. I think you're probably going to see him go higher than that. He's going to need to quicken his decision-making time at the NFL level. Again, that's a little bit of that grace period. Occasionally, kind of falls behind the pace of the play. Um, he's not perfect by any means. No prospect is. And, and those are things that we need to bring up about Bijan Robinson. You can't go into these drafts assuming that you are have a 100%, no doubt about it, slam dunk, guaranteed, bona fide, 20-point-per-game RB1 rookie season from this kid. That is not how football works. It's going to take time. Expected draft capital for Bijan Robinson, like I said, it's first round. He's definitely going in the first, and he's going higher, in my opinion, than mocks are projecting him right now. Perfect fit landing spot. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll bring it up. The Philadelphia Eagles have a free top 10 pick. The Saints should have never given them that pick for Chris Olave. It was already an overpay what they were offering in the first place with the additional seconds. I absolutely think that the Eagles could just say, to hell with consensus, we're drafting the best prospect available at 10th overall. We're getting Bijan. They only have Penny on a one-year contract, no long-term running backs. Miles Sanders now in Carolina. I think Bijan is a fit for Philly that the front office is not going to be able to ignore, if I'm being quite honest. Now, some interesting top NFL comparisons, as I was getting into them earlier, to talk about that him not being an absolutely perfect prospect, but being 
an absolute stud in all sense of the words. Adrian Peterson in three years had 4,239 total yards, 42 touchdowns. He had 31 games in that time. That was 772 touches. Brees Hall, more recent, 4,675 yards, 56 total touchdowns, though. 36 games and 800 total touches. Now, in 31 games with just 5,599 touches, Bijan Robinson had 4,215 yards and 41 total touchdowns. So the kid's elite. All the negatives brought up to warn and heed. Bijan Robinson is the one one. He is the most elite prospect at his position. And he is the only one that market consensus is going to consistently value throughout their rookie year as a top positional asset and a top 12 to 15 asset overall in Superflex. His fantasy outlook and NFL trajectory is everything you want it to be on the upside. And Trent Richardson on the downside. And J.K. Dobbins on the downside. And Javante Williams. And and these disappointing early starts to careers from running backs that we invested very highly in. Now, no, not all the time are they the 1-1 overall and the slam dunk surefire pick without hesitation if you're in the proper position. But the running back position in dynasty and in fantasy football over the over year to year consistency is by far the most volatile. If you're investing this in Bijan and are attempting to play through that volatility and attempting to maximize the value for every single pick, then you have to be patient. You can't assume that it's going to happen week one, two, three, or four. What Bijan offers at his ceiling is consistency as an RB1 overall and potentially the RB1 overall in multiple seasons throughout his NFL career. But is he absolved of the volatility of the position itself? No one is. That said, he's absolutely worth the investment. Somebody else that I think is incredibly worth the investment is Jameer Gibbs. Might not be the best transition, but I need to hop into it right away. We spent some time on Bijan. I had to go through the thoughts that my brain are struggling with, with valuing a running back this highly in a rookie draft and in super flex leagues in general. When I usually like to fade the high-valued running backs as much as possible. But Jameer Gibbs is the consolation prize of missing out on B. John Robinson when you're talking about 2023 running back prospects. Jameer Gibbs is the complete package as well. It's just a different package. And it comes in a smaller size delivery, sure. Uh, Jameer topped out at five foot nine, 199 pounds. He has a 30 and a half inch arm span and a nine and a quarter inch hand. But Jameer is everything you want and dream of when you think of Konami code running backs. The guys like Alvin Kamara, like Christian McCaffrey, like Austin Eckler, like Jamal Charles, who is my favorite comp for Jameer Gibbs. Shout out my boy, Brad. He's everything you want in a fantasy stud. 
Bijan Robinson is everything the NFL and analytics and film folks and fantasy folk want in a running back stud. But Jameer has all of the intangibles to be a true superstar fantasy asset, regardless of how he is perceived on an NFL field. And what I mean by that is Austin Eckler isn't the goal down back, goal line back. He's not the third down back necessarily in short yardage situations. He is not the guy that they're going to bring in for three straight carries when they get inside of the three. But Austin Eckler can put up RB1 overall seasons because of his receiving upside alone. And that is the Konami code to running backs. Jameer Gibbs put all of his small size concerns to rest with one of the most outstanding combines of any prospect in the 2023 class. He ran a 40-yard dash of 4.36 seconds, 10-yard split of 1.52 seconds, a vertical leap of 33.5. He didn't participate in the broad three-cone or 20-yard, but those numbers are good enough to know that Jameer Gibbs can burn and turn on anybody at any level. That includes the NFL. He ranked as the fourth running back in the nation's recruiting class, so he was been known uh, multi-sport athlete destroyed high school numbers was named georgia man of the year in high school um, sports illustrated all american in high school second team all american in 2021 first team all a all acc in 2021 when he was at georgia tech named a finalist for the paul hornung award uh in 2022, which is the award given to the most versatile collegiate player, given to players like Christian McCaffrey in the past um, and guys that really do it all, return punts, catch passes, rush. He led all running backs in forced missed tackles on receptions. That's 18 forced missed tackles after the reception in 2022. Doak Walker Award semifinalist, SEC um, MVP semifinalist, Semifinals for the Maxwell Award, fifth highest recruit in Georgia Tech history as well. So Jameer Gibbs been known and his transfer to, from Georgia Tech to Alabama was certainly seen as a positive one for his draft capital. Obviously, Alabama running backs are always going to be favored a little bit, but Jameer Gibbs was having positive production and, and certainly receiving production and positive traits when he was at Georgia Tech. They just weren't utilizing him and placing him in a position where his draft capital was going to skyrocket like a place like Bama can. So some people like to discount transfers, and I don't think I think that sometimes you can, especially guys that transfer, say, from you know G5 to P5 uh, conferences and are maybe on the sleeper radar, but aren't necessarily ever going to get the NFL love or the collegiate production that um, coincides with true dominance at the NFL level when they're at those lower level conferences in the in G5. So being in the ACC at Georgia Tech, he rushed 89 times for 460 yards and four touchdowns did Gibbs in his first season. He caught 24 passes that season for 303 yards and three touchdowns, just seven games played. Sophomore campaign, they started to turn it up a little, but still very underutilized in my opinion, especially considering the prospects that Georgia Tech had. They only let Gibbs rush 143 times for 746 yards. He had four rushing touchdowns. He would gain 465 yards through the air, which 
obviously set ablaze the notion that this kid is a true yak monster and receiving monster. And he has a very complex route tree. He has the highest slot rate and highest out wide rate of any running back prospect in this class. And they are both above double digit percentages. So he's actually played in those positions consistently more so at Georgia tech than at Bama. Absolutely. But they were utilizing him all over the place. And hence the Paul Hornung award. It wasn't just for the receiving out of the backfield, but literally the receiving all over the place where they were playing him at wide out as well. After his first two seasons at Georgia tech Gibbs entered the transfer portal. Some see it as a negative. I didn't, especially when he landed with Bama and Bama didn't really have anybody to stand in front of him. Um, he finished with the highest PFF receiving grade of any running back in this class with 91 and a half. This is what I meant by he is the best receiving running back in this class. It's not Bijan. It's absolutely Jameer Gibbs. And as we know, players in this position, running backs, PPR, half PPR, it turns them into untouchable assets, both in value and production. Guys like Kamara, guys like Eckler, it needs to be reiterated. Jameer Gibbs is the consolation prize. If you're sitting at 1-5, JSN goes, two or three quarterbacks go, and obviously Bijan at 1-1. There should be no hesitation to smash Jameer Gibbs and take it to the bank. He is going to be an NFL stud if teams utilize him like they did in Georgia Tech for his final year there and like Bama did in his final collegiate season. Gibbs was one of the most elite dual threat players at that position in college as well. And doing so in the SEC conference is absolutely phenomenal. It's really impressive. You love seeing it in the SEC. Guys always say that it is the closest iteration of NFL defenses. And I mean, watching 13 Georgia Bulldogs get drafted in the first two rounds over the last two years probably tells you a little bit of why that statement is true. It's the SEC produces NFL superstars on defense consistently. So you are playing against NFL talent on a more consistent basis. And he had a career total 13.1% target share did Gibbs. I think that's a very important to note. That's a very high target share for collegiate running backs. He generated a 118.2 QB rating when targeted as well. So not just taking checkdowns and, and, you know, getting the, security blanket looks he was utilized as a legit receiver 103 career receptions for 1212 yards eight receiving touchdowns gibbs has an 84.0 percent catch rating so those hands are solid ran 10.8 percent of his routes from the slot and 15.1 percent of his routes out wide as a receiver leading all eligible running backs in both categories as i said averaged 1.6 yards per route run forced 104 missed tackles boasts 115.7 elusive rating from pff Created 1,292 yards after contact with 3.6 yards after contact on rush attempts. So that's a little concerning for sure, a little lower on rush attempts, but 4.17 yards after contact per touch, which is amongst the best. So yes, Jameer can get stuffed at the line a little bit. We'll get into his scouting weaknesses in a moment, but for all intents and purposes, he's elusive. He's fast. He's a burner. He's multifaceted. He can be utilized on all three downs because he is a plus runner. He is an excellent um, zone running back and stretch runner. And obviously, he is the most elite receiving running back in this class. Collegiate career totals 
cement that. 31 games played, 383 rushing attempts, 2,132 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, 15 rushing touchdowns. And then he adds 103 receptions, 1,212 receiving yards. That's 11.8 yards per reception, eight receiving touchdowns, totaling out 3,344 scrimmage yards, 486 touches, 6.9 yards per touch, and 23 total touchdowns. So Gibbs is also in a sweet, sweet range of under 500 total collegiate career touches at the age of 21, entering the NFL draft with expected back end first or early second capital, which second round capital, which is going to put him in an excellent position to be drafted by a high end offense. If he goes to a later team, those teams are the teams with better records. If he goes to a team like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles in that position where if they don't take Bijan at 10, well, they have 30th as well. These are things that I landing spots that I absolutely could see for Jameer Gibbs that would skyrocket his value and lead to pretty positive immediate production. His scouting strengths are notable and incredible. His best skill set of any running back in this class will truly fit into any scheme, in my opinion. It's his receiving. Obviously, he's an excellent pass catcher, an elite one. He's got strength, though, even in a small frame to complement that. He can run between the tackles. He can be utilized as an early down rusher. Electric speed, 4.37. This 40 was amongst the best in the class. He'll only be 21, only 21 by the time he enters the NFL. Amongst the youngest prospects that we see, early declare, he's clocked at 22.3 miles per hour on one of his many 70-yard touchdowns. That's right. Jameer has multiple 70-plus-yard touchdowns throughout his collegiate career. He's lightning fast and lightning quick, moves well laterally, moves well vertically. Above average potential as a kick returner, above average as a receiver. Obviously, scouting weaknesses, we can get into it, and they're going to be quick. Pass blocking leaves much to be desired, that's for sure. He's small. Weight in under the BMI requirement that we like to see of that sweet, sweet above 30 for running backs and under that 200 pound that we like to see for running backs, only five foot nine. He's 199 pounds. But that gives us still a pretty awesome bucket of players if he gets the draft capital expected. And we do expect late first, early second round draft capital. He's going to get a good landing spot. I think the Chiefs is the perfect landing spot. Obviously, they just got rid of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Jameer Gibbs would be a cheap four-year deal. He would probably be everything they expected Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be in that super versatile option. It's like having a supercharged Jarek McKinnon who was the RB1 for the final five weeks of fantasy football in 2022. He's an extremely talented runner. He'll fit every single scheme. But we'll get into the negatives. And the negatives need to be asserted. Jameer Gibbs is not going to see a 90% opportunity share, a 90% snap share, a 85% opportunity share, a 75% rushing share, but he may see a 15 to 20% target share, and he may see 45% of those rushing attempts. He'll probably be in a committee, but being in a committee that is highly functioning with the per-touch explosivity that Jameer Gibbs has makes him into a Tony Pollard esque. Now, outweighting that Tony Pollard to get the 
RB1 role and it took four seasons is obviously very frustrating, but I, it won't take that time for Jameer Gibbs. He's going to be more talented than the running backs on the roster that draft him. It's just going to be a question of whether or not teams will trust his size and his ability to maintain that workload. I do think he works best with a complementary back kind of in the same position as DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams did when they were both healthy and producing. Um, Swift, obviously, injuries couldn't keep him up, but Jameer's never really dealt with major injuries. He's got a few nicks and bruises throughout his collegiate career. That could be thrown in as a weakness. But his pass-catching upside, his versatility in any scheme, as he showed through the transfer portal going to a completely different offense where he was utilized more as a running back, as a traditional running back, than a versatile pass-catcher as he was at Georgia Tech, I think speaks volumes for how this kid is going to perform regardless of his landing spot. Jameer is not as safe as a bet as Bijan, as we were speaking of that volatility, but he's absolutely the safest bet afterwards. And the only true top six positional asset that I could see out of this class. I could genuinely see Jameer Gibbs breaking into the top five dynasty running backs for an extended period of time. I don't necessarily see that from guys like Zach Charbonnet, from guys like Zach Evans, from guys like Izzy Abaconda. I, I don't see it from these guys. I do see it from Jameer Gibbs, and obviously we see it from Bijan. But the other running backs in this class, although very good and as many good running backs as there are, are not what Jameer and Bijan bring to the table. So I would say there's a clear top six, maybe seven, depending on how you feel about Anthony Richardson. I would say there's a clear top six in this draft. It goes Bijan. Whether you like Stroud or Bryce Youngmore is doesn't matter to me. And then it should be JSN. And Jameer Gibbs, that that's that's the clear that that's where that the tear breaks. Um, I don't feel the same way about Quentin Johnson. I, I really like Jordan Addison, Anthony Richardson. Obviously, in that tier, should he get the draft capital, and you are feeling the athleticism. But yeah, Bijan and Jameer possess something that these other running backs don't. And although this other running back doesn't possess those elite traits, I think the most intriguing running back prospect that isn't named Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs is Tank Biz Bigsby. Tank Bigsby comes in at six foot, two hundred and ten pounds, with a thirty-two inch arm length, nine and a half inch hand span. He's twenty-one and a half years old, but at a nineteen point one year old breakout in the SEC, BMI below that thirty range, twenty-eight and a half, three years, so. Early declare, yes. His 2023 NFL combine grades are a little disappointing. If we're being honest, Tank Bigsby ran a 4.5640. That's a 1.54 10-yard split. His vertical was 32 and a half inches. Nine foot, 11 inch broad jump. So lacking some of that burst and explosivity in those athletic grades as well that we like to see. Bench press 21. So decent strength from his upper body, but also not truly elite in that category. He's decent accolades, some that are worth noting for sure. Um, 2020 SEC Freshman of the Year when he broke out as a true freshman for Auburn. 2021 Pat Sullivan Award as the team's Offensive Player of the Year at Auburn. 2021 PF College All-SEC Honorable Mention. 
2022 Phil Steele, fourth team. So one of the best running backs in 2022. PFF College, third team, all SEC as well in 2022. So upward trajectory for Tank, but a little bit of disappointing development considering that impressive freshman breakout. And 2020 as a freshman, Bigsby saw action in 10 games for the Tigers. Ran 138 times, 6.0 yards per carry. For 834 yards, five touchdowns, one fumble, um, just 11 receptions for 84 yards. So some nice receiving production, but nothing to write home about in, in 10 games. That's for sure. That's, you know, just over one reception per game. But the 6.0 yards per carry were certainly very impressive as a true freshman in the SEC when Bigsby was, I mean, essentially you could just give him the ball twice and guarantee a first down. It was a joy to watch and the upward trajectory was assumed to be very high. It didn't quite come in his sophomore year. He played 13 games, broke the thousand yard mark with 1104 yards on 224 carries that yards per carry dropped with the volume 4.9 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. And the fumble numbers went up with the volume as well. Four fumbles that season caught 20 receptions for 180 yards. But again, across 13 games, not overly impressive. Some good yards per reception numbers, but his average depth of target was actually in the negative. So everything was behind the line of scrimmage, mostly just getting him in some open space in 2022. As a junior Bigsby played 12 games for the Tigers. He ran for 976 yards, 178 attempts. So 5.5 yards per carry getting back up there to that impressive range, but he never topped back to those freshman numbers. Analytically 10 touchdowns in his final season, one more fumble. He never had a single season in college without a lost fumble as a receiver. He added 30 receptions for 180 yards in his senior year did Bigsby, which was obviously the best of his collegiate career. But again, just over three receptions a game or just under three receptions a game, rather not overly impressive yardage totals and something worth noting tank. Bigsby has never crossed the end zone in college after catching the football, zero receiving touchdowns, three collegiate seasons, zero receiving touchdowns. That's not entirely impressive. He was a five-star recruit. Um, so obviously had some high praise coming into the position as well. Destroyed the high school scene, but it was kind of just rough roads from there on out. The stats snow for Bigsby are middling. He never really impressed to where he was the leading running back in any specific analytic, but he's a very, very good pure rusher very impressive his ceiling comp is probably similar to a nick chubb as he does have 155 total forced missed tackles against sec defenses had 44 total breakaway runs during his collegiate career at auburn boasts 111.6 elusive rating per pff he created 1993 yards after contact over three seasons at auburn averaged 3.8 yards after contact with a career best of 4.16 yards after contact which is merely 0.01 yards behind Bijan robinson tanks a great runner he's an excellent pure runner but he doesn't add much receiving upside and his pure running profile kind of dwindled throughout his career it, it saw an incredible peak analytically in his freshman season then regressed slightly in his junior year and as auburn struggled mightily throughout tank's final season it middled it was in between his freshman and his junior years 
or sophomore years rather analytically. So you would like to see a continuous upward trajectory so that they stay above the regression line. And what the regression line is, is as players are further removed from years of high school, they have to be producing at a higher level to be compared on a same um, linear slope as NFL talent that has has had at least a top 24 positional finish. So meaning the higher, the longer removed from high school and the more years of college you have, the higher your final years of production need to be for you to be in comparable buckets to players that have finished a, at least a wide receiver two, RB two, QB two, so on and so forth. Meaning hit rate. Um, in 2020, Bigsby had really phenomenal freshman season, 138 rushing attempts for 834 yards, 6.0 yards per carry, five total touchdowns. That's where it, we need to pay the most attention and invest the most. If we're believing in Bigsby, we're believing in his true freshman breakout against SEC defenses, career collegiate totals, 35 games played 540 rushing attempts, 2,903 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, 25 rushing touchdowns, 62 receptions, 448 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns, 3,351 scrimmage yards for Bigsby. That's 5.6 yards per touch at the collegiate level. Not quite elite in that 6.0 range that we'd like to see, but he's knocking on that door and everything when it comes to yards per touch and, and yards per rushing attempt. 25 total touchdowns, 602 total touchdown or touches who 602 total touchdowns would have been really nice. 602 total touches. So he has some wear. He's got a little bit of tread on the, t- or, you know, losing a little tread on the tires, but definitely not in that range where you're really worried above that 800, 900 touch range. NFL ready frame rapidly processes the defensive front, able to cut and go instantly when he sees the hole. So again, tanks, just a great pure runner. His scouting strengths are all going to be focused on pure running. He doesn't present any receiving upside. Scouting weaknesses is he tries to do a little too much at times. He tries to out-athlete guys when he's not the best athlete, when he's more of a patience, pace, and force through your face kind of runner. Plays with an upright running style. Not great. You'd like to see him keep his hips a little lower to force some bounce-off contact. He'll bounce a little out wide too far and doesn't have that elite speed to turn up. So on zone and stretch runs, it's kind of frustrating to watch Bigsby try to outrun the entire line of scrimmage when he has open holes, um, especially knowing how good his vision is at times. Expect a draft capital late second, third round for Bigsby. I probably see him slipping a little bit into the third uh, rather than going late second um, where EDP has him currently ranked. Definitely before the fourth, like he will be a a middle third or high third round pick. And and again, potentially late second, Uh, perfect fit and landing spot. I think Bigsby kind of needs a bit of a time to develop. Um, Maybe in a role where they have a veteran producer on a high profiled offense where Bigsby can take on a higher opportunity share 
throughout the season, kind of on an uptick swing and work him in more as the first and second down back, hopefully a guy with some receiving upside. So I think honestly, a a really good fit for Tank Bigsby would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, high profile offense isn't necessarily going to be true for that team um, with no quarterback in sight or well i mean i guess you could count kyle trask if you want to but they don't really know their quarterback situation the offense is obviously going to regress a little bit but i think him and rashad white would actually make a phenomenal one-two punch so tampa bay is a great landing spot for me middle of the third for bigsby to wrap it up he's a very solid pro prospect he does everything well he's a shifty runner He's an excellent pure runner. He has some receiving skill that can be developed. He still has a frame that can put on some weight as well at the NFL level. He possesses good enough speed. His 4.56 is certainly not eye-popping, but it's not a death knell either. It's not a red, uh, a red flag that you need to completely discount him as a viable prospect because his rushing upside is so pure and so strong. <laughs> that Bigsby can definitely bring you, you know, those high-end RB2 numbers on rushing upside alone should he meet his peak. Again, he's a riskier prospect than consensus would have you believe. I think he's around RB5 right now in market consensus behind guys like Zach Charbonnet and Zach Evans. I prefer Bigsby to those guys. The red flags aren't waving strong enough for me to completely ignore his upside as a rusher. And should he put it all together, his upside as a three down back. Bigsby is somebody that with a true freshman breakout like that, I am willing to have a little more patience to the nuance of how bad Auburn was, how bad that offense was under their coaching changes and how bad Bo Nix was before he transferred to Oregon. I'm willing to add a little nuance to this evaluation and say that I'm preferring Bigsby. That can be changed with draft capital. If the NFL fades him completely, then I will as well. But as we stand right now, Tank Bigsby is somebody that I am not completely out on and somebody that I find very intriguing. I find him very intriguing for his analytical profile being right on the borderline of all of those elite traits for rushers um, and right on the borderline for what we would expect from a guy that can produce at the NFL level. He's missing out some elite aspects, absolutely. But if Tank can put it all together, he will be the RB3 of this class for years and years to come. And that's going to wrap it up. I had so much fun. It's always so much fun. Even when I'm flying Dolo with you guys, everybody, much love, much respect. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash Broda Fantasy, subscribing and contributing for as little as $3 a month. You get extra podcasts. You get extra waiver wires information. Well, the waiver wire pod when it's in season, you get Cass's, DFS optimizer in season. We have the Broto Fantasy Discord flying high always, as per usual, the greatest community in fantasy football and Discord, period. In the Discord, we're always talking about betting, basketball, baseball, all things sports, all things life. Just phenomenal people to hit up and chat up whenever you have a, a thought that you want to share. Um, also, you know, Dynasty guy dynasty access you need help with your dynasty teams patreon.com gets you into the discord i'll answer any questions all questions at all times 
We're always out here. You can follow me at PsychWardFF on Twitter, on Instagram, on everything social media. Follow at BrotoFantasy, at FFByBroto. You can get to the boys by following them at BrotoFFTim, at BrotoFFMike, at BrotoFFJason, and at BrotoFFCasanova. Much love, much respect, everybody. We'll see you next week.